Welcome to Say That, the podcast your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Join me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Do I have to say hello again? Now you're fine. We had a little uh, little Pro Tools air. The man's trying to keep us down. We're still going. Also still going. This is Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. I want to say hello again. <laughs> hello again! Joining us all in Rutgers, Tennessee, a man whose computer is now working, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Hoo-ah! Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw a yellow card on yeah. the... Uh, <laughs> no, come on, dude. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. It's Memorial Day weekend. You got a problem with the armed services? Is that, is that what I'm hearing here? No, I, uh, I had more no. problem with referencing one of the bad Al Pacino movies. Yeah. I don't know if you're yeah, a reference sure. Pacino movie. It's got to come from way before Scent of a Woman. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think uh, it's it's really the bad Al Pacino. You do know that who uh, wow. is the battle cry for the U.S. Army. Yeah, and I'm not real sure they're on board with Al Pacino using that in a romance movie with uh, <laughs> Chris O'Donnell. What, what I'm Chris hearing O'Donnell. here is someone on Memorial Day weekend who hates freedom. That's what I'm hearing. Well, Jed, as you know, I love freedom, Glenn. <laughs> I, well, I, I am aware of that, Jed. But as you know, this show is not on Memorial Day. It's Memorial Day in my mind every day. <laughs> in your heart? That's very morbid. <laughs> it's it's Memorial Day now as right. we record this, but when this gets released... In in the future. Yes. In the future. Right. It's not Memorial Day. Well, anymore. it's also Memorial Day right now, not when you hear this, and uh, this podcast goes out international, so it's not Memorial Day to everyone. There's only right. one country in this world, and that country is America. <laughs> Here's a Look thing, out for though. the Jed Report. Fox News, <laughs> Thursdays at 9, the Jed Report. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I get introduced last, and I never get to set the tone of what our, uh, what our welcome response is going to be. That's true. So that's what that was about. Okay. Well, okay. Um, how do you feel like it went, Lee? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was not called for. Yeah, words hurt, Glenn. Words hurt. Sure. Well, to the point about our international audience, not to brag, but we do have international audience. We have listeners in many delightful countries. Worldwide. Sometimes they try to help us out to uh, communicate with them. It uh, doesn't we, work well. Sure, no. We had a, we had a tweet come in on the, on the tweet box here uh, from our good friend Bridie there in New Zealand, Whoop. which is a place that I've only recently learned was not built for the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> Actual country has existed for many thousands of years. You thought maybe that was just a studio? I thought Peter Jackson just well, constructed it out of the, raised it out of the ocean. Not many thousands of years. Six would be the most it could have existed. Okay, just skip it. Just are we, skip are it. we putting this Move podcast on. out on AM Hoo-ah. radio now? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> no, and no hoo-ahs either. Don't try to sneak in on oh. Jed's inappropriateness. Look, I just thought in the middle of Jed being real Christian, right. I could just put one more in there. Yeah, no, that was a young no. earth hoo-ah, and uh, I commend it. No, just pass. <laughs> oh. Pass on all of that. There is a website called Young Earth Army. I guarantee it yeah you do not want to visit it all right we had a tweet come out on the tweet box from our great friend bridey attempting to help out brother glenn with his new zealand accent right. i wanted to say thank you because we appreciate when the people try to help us out right this would be the time for you get to for you to get offended and declare an emergency as we discussed previously oh <laughs> <laughs> well old machine here we just drop all I, pretense at i this am point. offended i would like to declare 
Emergency? (laughs) Now, we're going to declare an actual emergency here. We're going off script to the bit. Oh, my goodness. Because we did, we normally, here in Chicago, (laughs) we record a podcast. We have a dinner and our little staff meeting, and then we roll right into the podcast recording, so we're all crisp and ready. Refresh. This time, we moved that meeting up. Right. Right. We had a little gap where... Jed and Glenn and myself and our buddy Pete went to Jed's house for a little uh, He-Man, Jesus-loving kung fu movie action. And 15 minutes into that movie, Glenn was asleep on Jed's couch. That's And I'm not sure you've caught up to reality quite yet. Uh, There's a lot of allegations (laughs) flying around right now. Do you deny any of those facts? I... uh, Hey, look over there. (laughs) So, yeah. No, here's what happens is... Uh, we're famous, very. Um, and not not really you, Jed, but oh. um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Never mind. It's really the both. It's mostly me and company. You know. Sure. So Uncle Glenn and the Pips. Right? Pay pay no attention, world. <laughs> Just keep on turning. Wow, Jed. without me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> This is what anyway, happens when any of us des- get a nap in before the podcast. Dude, despondent Jed is like, sounds way too real, y'all. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, here's what Mad happens. real. Uh, here's what it's happens. also the name of Jed's Morrissey cover album. We're, we're famous globally. <laughs> Everyone loves us. They're like, you know, they want us to come to their barbecue. Sure, you know, sure. they want us to, you know. They're, you know, whatever, they're, they're wrangling some kangaroos. They want us to come over. I've heard roasted kanga is delicious. This is what I'm saying. So all these people send us information on how we can speak more, uh, you know, sort of accurately in their native language. Sure. To, uh, so, so that's what. To strengthen the bond between us and our audience. Yeah, so that's what's facing us, is okay. we have to learn to be more international in our focus. Okay. Well, how's that process going for you, man? I'm there. Really? I've arrived. Well, would you like to, you know, maybe greet our New Zealand listeners, you know, kind of in their native tongue? Yeah, you ready? Yeah, hit me. Yes. Okay. Wow, that's, that's good. That's, that's not bad. If you're in New Zealand right now listening to this, you're like, Nailed it. Okay. Just got all over it. Mm. You're saying if we mm. cut it down to only one syllable greetings, your New Zealand accent is flawless. That's exactly right. You know. Can you go for two syllables? Um, yesterday. Oh, you threw an extra uh, syllable for free there. That didn't wow, cost you nothing. that's bonus syllable. So pretty much. Uh, Dude, you transported me. I was there. Right. It's like you could see the hobbits and orcs prancing around <laughs> totally in new zealand i mean dang man because i think that's what they've got there right? that's my understanding they it's like prancing orcs are their main tourist platypus orc hobbit kangaroo yeah etc i'm told you can get a pet orc if you have like the right licensure from the state okay. yeah. So, you know, yeah you gotta be careful with that you sure know. take him for a little orc walk every day man no doubt man that's sure. how you gotta do so um but i think it's up to you guys to catch up to my international flavor because i go i go international however however they do when i get there i mesh with that and fall right into what they're doing okay okay well jed do you feel like you have a a strength to bring to the table here i bet i bet i could do something hit me what do you what do you what what part of the world do you want to see me uh do (laughs) let's see 
we we pretty much have to keep this centralized to Europe or Australia, New Zealand. Otherwise, something super racist is gonna happen. <laughs> so we gotta well, we gotta I, cover our bets on that one. You know that Jed's wife is of a Germanic distraction, as in speaks German. So I'm sure you picked up a little something around the house, Jed. I think Jed, give us a sense of what it's like when your lovely bride speaks to you in German and you know kind of wants to set the mood for an amorous evening between the two of you. Well, I'm I'm gonna let's try and... not do that because that's the creepiest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. I, I let's want just it. have you say something in a German accent. <laughs> no amorousness involved. Do it. We don't Jed, really need do to think it. about anybody's marriage. Uh, look here's a pro tip for those of you listening anytime you hear glenn going do it do it don't do it it's a bad idea (laughs) guten tag say that listeners oh wow (laughs) we have ways of ministering to you (laughs) it's very deeter Did I, did I nail that? That was very yeah. solid. Okay. We'll, we'll that was find a very out when creepy this, we'll German find out accent when this, right when this episode drops and if you make it to uh, the bridge <laughs> that week. Yeah, that, that would be good. Lee, you're you're a noted Anglophile. Do you feel like you can uh, help us with our, our British contingent? Uh, well, um, I, I don't think that should be a problem. Uh, although I, I should say that uh, the attitudes of some people on this show uh, towards a certain person who might be making reference to Al Pacino movies, good or bad, is uh, is bad form, mate. Bad form. Boy, that really sucked. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's a supportive environment here. <laughs> wow, that was actually pretty dang good. Everybody has been listening to a lot of uh, a lot of BBC uh, output <laughs> and hearing the uh, the very upper crust taglines beforehand. I it, the, that was actually so good. I feel like I learned enough that I could jump in there with you. Oh, well, uh, join in, mate. Just join right in. So hello, hello. No. We're having a conversation here. No. We are uh, easy, no. Statham. No. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> Jed wants nothing more out of life than to be Jason Statham. We just gave him his chance. That's completely true. Yeah, that's, right. uh, we need to shut that down. Yeah. Here's the thing is, you guys don't realize this, is around the world, um, we are beloved figures. We are? Well, it's mostly me. Okay. Well, here's, um, the, here's the beautiful thing. If you say around the world, everywhere that we're not beloved figures, which is everywhere, just assumes we are somewhere else. It's okay. kind of uncheckable. Okay. Uh, there's... I, you know, I don't know this for a total fact, but, I, you know, think like you go over to like uh, Polynesia, they got like statues of us really carved out of the jungle and stuff. Wow. OK. So essentially we're a beloved, uh, you know, figure where sure. people feel like they know us and feel like they're hanging out with us here at, at the podcast, you know, like they're, you know. So that's what we have to do is find ways to build bridges sure. and unite sure. the people. And, and speak in a way that they would understand. Do you feel well, like we've done that here today? I feel like we have in no way done that. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you. Boy, do I agree with you. I think there's a way to fix that. Oh. People out there may not know, not only does say that have an international flavor, but our bridge service right here in Chicago has yes. an international flavor. Yes, that's including true. Including two nationalities that have been mentioned at this point. We've actually had both well, gentlemen true. from New Zealand and a seminary student, I believe, from Germany right. stand up. In front of the brothers at the bridge, the west side yes. of Chicago, and bring a word, and both times it went very nicely. 
It's yeah, true. That's actually un- unintentionally. That's actually true. Sure, we it's have a, a friend who works on the north side of Chicago with homeless people. Does like unbelievable world class, amazing work with homeless people on the north side. Yes, Do- actually, is not a preacher by vocation. He's right. kind of does social service stuff. Came has come a couple of times. Guys love him. We love right. him. Right. We learned as we're talking about the New Zealand accent that if you say the phrase crack cocaine in a New Zealand accent, it comes out crack cocaine. Which we decided sounds like a delo- a lovely treat. Yeah, yeah it really yeah, sounded sounds, appetizing. That and I wasn't yummy. Around, I wasn't around for the German gentleman, but I understand that went pretty yeah. well as well. Well, yeah, he was a seminary student. Uh, it kind of got foisted on us. Uh, uh, one of our pastors asked if he could sort of surrender his spot and have the guy go in his place, and I wasn't pleased with that. Because uh, you were uh, swapping out an African American gentleman for a white dude, which is normally never good when it comes we to don't, preaching. Yeah, we don't usually go for that. Uh, also, he um, was a bit of a weird cat, you know. He's a little funky. He had uh, uh, one As of those. Many seminary students are. Yeah, he had one of those. Uh, what do you call it? Frosted tips. He did have the frosted Ooh. tips and with that, the faux hawk. Yeah, yeah, that was that's sort of strike one and two right, right there. So I grabbed him before the service and said, are you ready to, like, actually, you know, come in here and throw down? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, I said, well, yeah, no, this this crowd will, like, let you know if you don't actually get a hold of a good sermon. I know, no, no, it's good, it's good. And he, got, uh, he got up on the mic, and I realized his accent was considerably thicker than we had really appreciated. And that, sometimes when people go into preaching mode, all their verbal tics kind of amplify. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other problem was that he had a speech impediment. That's so, actually true. Uh, the, so that all of his R's were W's, yeah. sort of an Elmer Fudd kind of a deal. That's yeah. probably not the uh, the technical diagnosis. <laughs> no, there's a I'm word sorry, for that, I'm sorry, Mr. Johnson, sure. you've got the Fudd. <laughs> you've got, got a <laughs> terminal case of Fudd. You have two years left to live. Um, uh, we'll start the chemo right away. Um, oh, I would, I would so buy tickets to a terminal fun show. <laughs> <laughs> but he stood up and he, he had really good content that he was delivering, you know, full bore. And he was telling the guys, you know, that, um, that you know it's you have to be like a tree a tree is planted and it and it uh, it just grows uh and uh you know it's watered and it's nurtured and god god is going to nurture you and all you really need to focus on is growing in in the place that god plants you and developing and and letting the natural process take place but his example of be being a tree uh, a word which prominently features an R. Yeah, came out to be a twee. Yes. So he stood up in front of a room full of gangbangers and said, "Be a twee. Be a good twee. Be, be a good. A twee does not is not concerned. Is it a good twee? Is it a bad twee? <laughs> the twee just grows." And it was like, oh no, this is not going to work. But the guys loved it. They did. They loved it because he he came with the heat. So Absolutely. you know. So yeah. We're building bridges left and right here. And on that basis, I declare an international emergency off. Nicely done. Maybe the first international emergency. Not the first international incident we've been a part of, but the first international emergency. All Canadians are liars. So, (laughs) wow. Wow, I came in late. Well, Just under the wire there. You, 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 you look at a hunk of, of ham and call it bacon. You know what you did there. 
I'm something I'm else saying. that goes out internationally and has some international flavor to it is the bridge box. We have had actual photography from our friend Bridie be part of Bridgebox and Bridgebox a little younger. We've had some of our uh, Filipina sisters help us out with some Bridgebox music and design before. That stuff as well goes all over the world. If you want to get in on the ground floor of what I feel comfortable calling a worldwide sensation. Worldwide. Oh, yeah. Because that's something without an actual definition, so you can just claim it. Um, you, you can sign up for that at missionusa.com slash bridgebox. Every month you give $8 to support our ministry here and you get music, sermons, Bible studies, devotionals, all sorts of stuff to fuel your walk. Or you can sign up for the specially branded Lee Younger version of that, missionusa.com slash BBOY, same price, $8. Get a brand new song from Lee every month, some behind the scenes videos, chords, lyrics, and some extra stuff that he has picked from previous bridge boxes. And sign up now and you get... The brand new Lee Younger T-shirt designed by Lee, printed on high quality American apparel T-shirts, probably, I'm assuming. Sure. Sounded good yeah. when I said it. There you go. Confirmation. And uh, while supplies last, you sign up now, you get those, and you get a copy of Lee's new record free. It's a whole lot of stuff for $8, and you can support Lee's ministry. Or if you want both, you can email me, Matt, at missionusa.com for the super secret link to get both of those $16 worth of stuff for only $12 a month. Won't beat that anywhere. All right. Jump to our first question here. If you have a question for us, hang on with us all the way to the end, and I'll give you some addresses where you can get in touch with this. This question came in anonymously to our Tumblr. It says... Why is virginity worth keeping? I'm discouraged by how much I'm seriously considering hooking up with someone, even though I'm a committed Christian. I can't believe I'm susceptible to this level of temptation. I'm in my early 20s, and I've never gotten to this place before. Ultimately, I want to obey God, but I'm starting to doubt my own ability to say no when a big part of me wants badly to have sex. Lee, can you kick us off? Absolutely. Um, thanks for your question. And honestly, uh, thanks for the honesty of your question. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that when a person uh, comes at you with this much honesty, that's when you can get the real work done. And I, I can tell you for all four guys in this podcast, when when we're, when we're talking to people, counseling people, dealing with people, the, if we can get over the, uh, if we can get over the hurdle of, uh, of, you know, people giving us the answers we want to hear or saying the things they think we want to hear or whatever to actually being honest and laying it out like this. That's a lot of the work done. So, uh, so thanks for, for being so real in your question. And, and let me also say that I totally understand how you feel about this. I mean, it makes perfect sense. And I think the, the thing on your question is that you're trying to kind of ask it the wrong way around. In other words, here's this thing I want really badly. And what I want to try to do is figure out how to not get that. And, and, uh, and here's the deal. What if, what if, and, and uh, you're going to have to hang in with me on this because it, it, at first it's going to sound really weird, but what if the thing that you really desire is this great sex life? And what if God really wants you to have a great sex life as well? Okay. What if the what if the answer to this thing is not you really want to have this great sex life and that it means a lot to you, but God does not want that for you. He does not want you to have sex. He does not want you to have a great and and I think that's the way most of us feel is that God is the one who's being a killjoy on all my sexual desires. Yeah. Now, what if you talk to the Lord, what if you were sitting across from the Lord at a coffee shop and you were just talking to him honestly, like you're asking us this question. He said, you know what? I want a gr- I want you to be able to have a great sex life. I actually want that more than you want it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually want to, all the, all the deepest desires that you want satisfied in the realm of sex, I want that same thing for you. Um, 
The thing is, is you're trying to ask, how do I back out of these desires that I want? That, that feels really uh, counterintuitive. It is counterintuitive. The real question is, how can we actually push forward and get to the thing that you actually want? Now, the, the problem is that uh, we can answer your question at the same time as doing that, which you're saying, why is my virginity worth keeping? Well, your virginity is worth keeping because you want a great sex life. And your virginity is worth keeping until you're un- until you get into the relationship that God wants you to have because of that very thing. And here's the deal: is that God wants you to have this amazing sex life. And the lie out there is that all these people around me who are in high school or college or out of college or whatever, just in flippant relationships left and right, they're having sex all the time. The lie in those relationships is that they're all having amazing sex. Right. And that's the, that's, this is the whole, and they're all telling each other that, and they're all telling you that. And all the TV shows are telling you that, and everything like that. And all of us married guys on this podcast can tell you that's not what's happening. <laughs> that, right. That's not the way that works. Um, a great sex life is, is a, an available thing in, on this planet, but it doesn't happen by just these random liaisons between amazing looking people who are just really hot for each other. That's not the way a great sex life happens. The way a great sex life happens is people that are committed to, uh, they're committed to the relationship. They're committed to loving each other. They've, they, they're, they're, uh, they're living their whole lives for each other. They are sacrificing for each other. They're committed to serving one another and their sex life is part of serving one another Mm -hmm. that they want to, to steal a phrase from uncle Glenn. They want to spoil each other with pleasure. That's what that whole thing is about. And it's something that, that it takes a long time to get good at that. I mean, one of the funny things that when, whenever I do premarital counseling with people, um, you know, one of the things that we talk about whenever we talk about the sex piece is, hey, uh, this is going to this is going to take a while. Um, it's going to be fun and you're going to all that. But it, you're going to get better and better and better at this. The, the farther you go in your relationship, the more you talk about it, the more open you are, the more you figure stuff out, the more you learn about each other. The, the weird thing is that most people think that the best sex I'll ever have is when I'm between the ages of 18 and 22, because that's mm. when I look the hottest. Oh, no. And, and what we can tell you is uh, all of us married guys on this podcast is the older we get, the better it gets. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing on this thing is because it's really, it's, I mean, it is about, it is about sex and sex is awesome. It's about pleasure. It's all this, but it's also, it's about intimacy. It's about friendship. It's about learning about one another. It's about, it's about going through hard things in life together and figuring that out. And then, and then being a team through things. There's so many aspects that go into a great sex life. And what we would encourage, what I would encourage you to do is, um, start finding out what do I need to do to set myself up to get into a great dating relationship that could one day lead to a great marriage, which is going to give me the sex life that I actually want to have. Yeah. It's not that you want to back away from your desire to have a great sex life. It's that you want to go toward the thing that can actually deliver on that. And here's the deal. Just you know, throwing away your virginity today for some liaison with some, with some dude, that's not going to deliver. It's not going to be the great sex that you think it is. It's not going to be the way the movies have always painted it. It's not going to be, it's going to be, a. here's what it's going to be, a gigantic disappointment. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, the typical Christian response to this question would be, well, God wants you to wait, so therefore you should. 
And it's like, yeah, I mean, at at some level we want, what you want to do is you want to surrender, you know, the, you want to let Jesus call the shots over your life. Not only tons of different things about your life, but your sexual life as well. You want Jesus to call the shots because he's, he, he is the one who's making the best choices for you about that stuff. But even on a lower level of thinking and even on a lower level of discipleship, do what Jesus is asking you to do because the sex will be better. I mean, there's so, so many reasons to do this Jesus's way, but that's one reason is that the sex you'll have outside of the will of Jesus is not going to deliver. It's not going to give you what you think it is. Absolutely. Glenn? I want to actually just pick right up where where Lee's talking about. Uh, You know, first of all, uh, your desires on this are natural. They're normal. Everyone else your age feels the exact same way. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many of your friends in, in sort of your circle are being honest with you about that. Uh, but uh, as Lee is suggesting, when you do the amount of counseling that we do and, and talking to young people, they let us know, uh, it, you know, maybe on a private tip, stuff that they don't let their friends know. But they're, everyone your age is, is struggles with this. Uh, so you're not a weirdo on that. You're not wrong to want it you're you're saying here you know i can't believe i'm susceptible uh to this and you know uh i really i (laughs) i don't know what conception you have of uh you know the power of sexual desire and that that exists in most people uh, but uh i i would be willing to bet that you are not a, a bit above average Yep. So, uh, you know, you you may have an image of yourself of, you know, I'm, I'm great at handling this temptation, et cetera, and so on. Uh, but I, I think uh, that's an identity thing as opposed to a, a being able to fight temptation thing. Uh, I also agree with, with Lee in terms of the quality of the actual sexual experience. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. I don't like recipe thinking when it comes to relationships, but if I could use an example, uh, uh, think of it like this. If, if, if you see someone eating chocolate chip cookies and you really see that they're enjoying it and you in your mind desire chocolate chip cookies, uh, you would say, well, teach me how to make them chocolate chip cookies. And I say, well, you get flour, you get, you know, uh, chocolate chips, you whatever, and you put it together, and you say, "Well, and what do you need is you have to have sugar to you know mix into them." So in that moment, you might say, "Well, I don't have any sugar. Let me just use salt instead. It looks the same. It's probably work the same. Whatever else, and you know this this mentality. Those are not going to be good cookies. Yeah, the, the the and that's the problem is the you you really want cookies, but these cookies that you really want aren't going to taste good. And that's part of what we're trying to, to describe here. So that what you will set yourself up for is what a lot of people out there are struggling with. I really want this thing. I go after it. I don't get the good cookies. I get the salty cookies. So I keep trying to look for other cookies so that I get the good tasting cookie. Um, and eventually uh, you, you try and... Uh, use a volume of uh, the amount of sexual experiences to try and add up to a good sexual life. And and that never works. And it's sad and it's ugly and tragic and, and it just doesn't work. Uh, building intimacies is, is, and having quality relationships is how you have a quality sex life as, as uh, Lee rightly pointed out. 
uh, and that means uh, we need to pursue healthy, quality, intimate relationships with members of the opposite sex. So that means um, finding ways of meeting them, finding ways of dating them, and so on and so forth. That's the right way to, to do that. Uh, what you're stuck in is what a lot of people are stuck in, which is I had this desire and for way too long, I didn't do anything about that desire. Uh, and now that desire has built to a fever pitch. And now I'm going to jump from no dating to sex. Yeah. And uh, that you're not alone in that either. There's a lot of that going on out there. So what we want to encourage in you is a mentality of um, – working the steps towards having a good, healthy sex life as opposed to uh, skipping all those steps, uh, which was the, the original mistake. Final little point, uh, the, uh, when it comes to sexual stuff and, and really any kind of lifestyle thing you're trying to change, you have to reduce the level of temptation you're putting yourself yeah. around. Uh, uh, you've heard us say on the podcast before we work with people coming out of addiction and they talk frequently about people, places, and things. You want to change your lifestyle. You have to change the people around, uh, uh, you know, you change the places you go to and so forth. Same thing here. It's the websites that you go to. It's the, maybe it's the gym that you belong to. Uh, you know, maybe it's your friends often get into talks about their sex life and you feel lonely off of that. Uh, figure out where that change needs to to be made to reduce that level of temptation while simultaneously uh, working those steps towards that relationship. And you'll find that this is a lot easier to deal with. It's not like it's going to be a non-concern, of course, but you'll get to a place where it's a lot easier to deal with. Absolutely, Jed. Yeah. Uh, well, we uh, we love you. We appreciate you. We know this is difficult stuff. I'm just going to attack one quick thing on the angst. We've already had a lot of good advice. One of the lies that the devil sells is, look, you're a long way off from, you know, uh, getting to, you know, the good place, doing it the right way. And it's already killing you. So why don't you just give in right now? In other words, you know, if you're not dating anyone today, it could be, you know, years before, you know, you're to your wedding night and it's finally legit with God for you to just be having sex. And it's already killing you now. So I mean, what are the odds of you really lasting that long? Why don't we just, you know, you know, just kind of get in there and just, you know, do the thing. Uh, and the devil, if he's telling that lie to you, he tries that with everybody, just so you know. It's, that's one of his favorite uh, tools. But here's the thing he's always leaving out of that equation is the power of momentum. The moment you start to get in motion and see things move forward even a little bit, you're going to feel a lot better. So let's say, for example, that you go on something like eHarmony, which is a a dating website here in the U.S. I assume they have either that. I know they have equivalents abroad. But, you know, go on a dating website, you know, you you find, you know, uh, uh, and we're – believe this message from a young lady, but you know, you, so if you're a young lady, you know, you, you know, find a nice guy, you're going to go have coffee together, you're going to be excited. Uh, right. You're, you're going to be nervous, you're going to have butterflies, but you're going to be excited, and you're going to go, and it's going to be interesting and something and cool, and you're going to feel a lot better about your situation in yeah, that moment. Yeah, and that's going to be a distraction from the just the horniness. That's exactly the, right. Yeah. That's exactly right. I mean, yeah, we haven't immediately done anything to address the fact that you'd really like to be having sex today, but you have momentum moving forward in your life, yeah. and that's going to help a yeah, yeah. lot, yeah, a yeah, whole yeah. lot. Yeah. And that's the thing the devil doesn't want you to know. Yeah. That's, that's the thing he's hoping you won't become aware of, because the the moment you have momentum, it's really hard. It becomes way harder to knock you off your yeah. square. You know, in a completely different th- 
thing. Let's say that you needed to lose some weight. Let's say you needed to lose a lot of weight. You need to lose 50 pounds. You're not going to do that overnight. And there's going to be a temptation to think, well, you'll never get there. So, I mean, why bother? I mean, it's just, you know, you might as well just give up on it. But if you, you know, lose the first two pounds, you're already going to feel excited and, and like, dude, right. I'm, I'm getting somewhere. Right, yeah. Now the whole thing is easier to do and you can, you know, kind of propel yourself off of that momentum. Well, it's the same thing here. That's why we're all encouraging you get in the game. You know, uh, figure out how to start dating people, how to start putting yourself out there in a healthy way where you're meeting people, building relationships, learning how to be in a relationship as a preview of coming attractions that might feature a little bit of kissy face uh, with somebody dreamy, which might help to, uh, you know, take the edge off some things. But either way, no matter what, you're going to have some momentum. You're going to be excited. You're going to be moving forward. That's what we want for you. That's what the Lord wants for you. Lee and Glenn are right. God has something amazing for you down the road, but he actually has something cool for you today, too. Amen. And we don't want to see you cheat yourself on that. So get on out there and, and start taking hold of what the Lord has for you today. That's a great point of attack. A couple of quick things on the end here, just to clarify a couple of uh, bits what you may have heard, and make sure you're not mishearing something we don't say. Virginity is not magical. Let's be clear. Amen. When all these guys right. say that um, being a virgin doesn't mean means your sex life isn't going to work out the way you thought it would, that's absolutely true. The flip side of that, it mean does not mean that if you remain a virgin until you're married, you magically have a good sex life. No, because no. as people again, as people do counseling, we've all seen that thinking crash and burn just as much as the other thing. Yeah. The other bit of magical thing in here, and it's related, is this. And I want to go back to something Glenn said here. I just can't believe I'm susceptible to this level of temptation. Yeah. I can really. Yeah. Yeah. You can't believe it, really. There's a word in here, and I did. A, if you if you read our blog, I did a whole extended rant that I will spare you. There's no such thing as a committed Christian. Stop it. <laughs> I thought I was so committed that I'd never be tempted yeah, by sex. No, well, so you've been sold a bucket of lies, friend. Because right. right. basically what happened is there was a pastor or a writer who has no idea how to tell you to actually work through your struggles. So they told you, just try harder and you won't have struggles. Yeah. Right. By the way, buy my next book on why you suck and you should try harder. Or come back next week to hear more sermons on trying harder. Yeah. doesn't work that way. You're susceptible to temptation. And as Glenn was pointing out, the biggest thing you can do to fall, you can set the biggest way you can set yourself to fall to temptation is to convince yourself that you should be beyond temptation because right. you don't watch your temptation. You just walk into any situation assuming that if you're a super Christian, you won't have to deal with it. That's a bad strategy. All right, we're going to move on to our next question here. It came in anonymously to our Tumblr. It says, I'm struggling with being transgender. I've been struggling with my identity for years, and as I get older and have more freedom, I'm finding my life pull me towards a transition more and more but it's terrifying me to do the wrong thing. So I've been praying and I'm trying to be patient. I just want to add that I feel more confident and alive as myself when I'm engaging in this activity. And when I try to live like people say I should and like God supposedly wants me to, I can't seem to get out of bed. How should I handle this? Glenn, can you start us off? Absolutely right. And uh, as we get into this question, we want to point out that uh, all of us on this podcast have blogs and all of us have a significant number of lesbian, gay, bi and transgender people that follow us. And we're thankful for those people. Uh, and we respect them a great deal. Amen. Yeah. And a big part Amen. of the reason why we have a massive amount of respect for them is that, uh, we're, we're challenging them to look at, uh, Bible verses that relate to that stuff and encouraging them to wrestle with that uh, trying to keep that from being 
something legalistic, trying to keep that from being something uh, where we're um, kind of uh, obeying in the body but not with the heart kind of stuff. We're really, uh, what you're really catching with this question uh, uh, from a, a person who's a follower of mine uh, what you're getting is is a sense of uh, kind of coming in on the middle of a conversation, so to speak, of wrestling with these issues of, uh, you know, I'm 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 a I'm a guy, but I feel like I'm I, I well, should be a, a woman, and what do I do with that, and where is God in all of that? So uh, first and foremost, we we want to uh, thank you for the question. Also, we want to take a, a second to thank uh, Matt as I pitched this over to him and said, Hey, you wanted to talk about transgender stuff on your old Christian podcast there. And uh, he didn't hesitate in his response uh, was that this, that, that people who deal with these issues and there's plenty of them out there don't have anywhere that they can turn to, to ask these kind of questions in a Christian uh, forum. And I think he's right. And uh, I think he's awesome and brave for, uh, it gives us this kind of shot. So uh, with that uh, preamble, uh, let's start here and let's start with the the physical, purely physical side of this thing. And I'll let these guys get into some of the spiritual issues behind me. First and foremost, as we often look at uh, where we're dealing with someone, one of the things we picked up on this is a little, there's maybe a little bit of a depression issue to this. There's a little bit of uh, uh, where we're talking about, you know, I can't seem to get out of bed and those kinds of things. Um, when we're looking at anything where there's a depression, where there's a severe uh, psychological uh, stress or pain or anything where you just feel full-on freaked out, uh, one of the things we always recommend is let's go to a medical doctor and sit and just have a checkup and look at here are some uh, some issues that I'm struggling with. In this case, we might look at hormone imbalances and those kinds of things, uh, but it can be all different kinds of things that relate to depression. I think you may want to mention to your doctor that you're also uh, dealing with some depression issues also. It could be a side thing to all this that we're talking about here. Worth looking into. But it's worth looking into if there's an organic reason behind some of this, then we want to know about that and deal with that as part of what we're looking at. Uh, we don't want our eyes closed on that. It doesn't mean we're explaining anything away or whatever, whatever. We're just, we want to know the facts on it. Um, second thing I'll point out is that uh, the Bible uh, obviously doesn't have specific guidelines for this kind of thing because it didn't exist in the Bible. So um, we're in a position of uh, not being able to give you the exact biblical scripture that pertains to this, but uh, there actually is a lot about our sex lives we were just talking about, a lot about dating, for example, that's not in the Bible either. And so we have to we have to assume in those cases that this is something where God wants to lead us in a personal and individual right. way. So, so that's what we really want to look at is let's not go at this from a rules-based perspective. Let's not go at this from a what do the weirdos who carry signs at you know, and show up at rallies and whatever. We, we want to get away from all that stuff. Uh, and we really just want to look at what is it that God's telling you. And I'll let these guys kick that around, but I'll give, I'll give you one last point on that that I think uh, ought to be the main thing I want to invite you to wrestle with, and it's this. If this thing seems more right 
the more you desire it, then that's uh, a bit of a warning sign. That's a bit of a uh, that's a bit of a um, red flag there. If, if you find yourself wanting this in a physical way, wanting anything in a physical way, it could be a sexual desire. It could be uh, just you you want a pair of shoes that you think are cool or whatever. Any any physical fleshly a worldly desire, and the more that you get into that desire, the more it seems right to you that you should have it, that maybe there's a way and maybe this is a thing, then I think that's that's going to be a concern because we this is a thing we all do. You've actually asked a question that I think has a component in it that we all struggle with, where we want something, and if you want it bad enough, you start thinking, Maybe God wants me to have this too. Why would yeah. God deny me this thing? Why right. would he make me uh, this first question? Why Why would God make me with this powerful sexual desire and not want me to do anything about it? Well, you know, it's it's complicated and there's a steps and there's a things and there's ways he wants to handle that. So I think for you, um, I, I, I think that's a big thing. If we're hanging our hat on uh, the more I want it, the more it, it seems like it might be the right thing. We want to we want to be cautious about that because our physical desires do not point us towards righteousness. That yeah. doesn't happen. Now, having said that, believe me when I say the guys on this podcast do not fault you for looking for a loophole. Sure, we we wouldn't respect you if you weren't looking for a loophole. Sure. You got you got to try and find some kind of a hey maybe there's a thing you never know maybe. As some we, of us were told by many a high school football coach, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Yeah, so we're we're we 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 don't mind you asking on that, uh, but I I think uh, that's a perspective we need to to look at. Absolutely, Jed. Yeah, the part I'd like to cover is for Christians who are listening who are not transgendered. Kind of how do you. What should your approach and your attitude be towards a person who is transgendered? Because I think there's a lot of confusion. How to be a person. That. So <laughs> yeah. um, I'm, I'm about to blow your mind with my next statement. So get ready for it. It's going to be extreme. <laughs> they like stuff that's extreme. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to take it to the <laughs> limit here. Woo. So get, get ready. We're going to bring up the band to play a little you know, pad as I, as I start to say this. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Transgendered people are people wow that's it mic drop yeah there so you you would you would treat a transgendered person like you would treat any other person anywhere in the world period the end it's this is not a different category of human being but i think it's important that we say that because here's what christians struggle with they see something that to them is new and strange and different and they don't fully understand and now it's scary and i don't know what to say or do and that's okay we uh, that's that's a, a a normal response for any person when they see something that's new and different and they don't fully understand it it feels a little frightening it feels a little scary that's all right the question is what do we do with that the first thing is we recognize transgendered people are people Full stop, the end. That means you have, you owe the transgender people in your life love and dignity and respect. That is an obligation that you have from the Lord for them. 
Um, uh, you, you don't have the right as a Christian to be a jerk to anyone, and that is just as true with the transgendered people in your lives. But let's talk for a second about how we actually live out showing that love and that dignity and that respect, because it's really important. Uh, the first is uh, the transgendered people in your life do not owe you an explanation for their sexuality. Um, yes. right. And um, you don't have the right to ask for an explanation of their sexuality. We hope uh, for all of us, for every human being on the planet, that we would all have some sort of pastor or mentor in our life, someone we could really keep it real with, someone we could be totally honest about our struggles, and, and who could challenge us, who could say, you know, are you sure this is really the thing? You know, you know, I, I know you say you're hung up on XYZ, but are you sure it is an ABC? Could we, could we look at that? We would hope that all of us would have, you know, at least one person like that in our lives. If you're not this person's pastor or mentor, they don't owe you an explanation of their sexuality, yeah. and you don't have a right to ask for one. That's thing one. Thing two is, as a matter of dignity and respect, when a person presents themselves to you a certain way, you want to treat them in the way they've presented themselves. Let me tell you what I mean. I had a friend years ago whose name was Brian. It's a perfectly lovely name. He decided everyone should call him Rivers. I have no idea why this is. Um, wasn't his name, wasn't close to his name, but he really wanted people to just call him Rivers. Really? That's that's what was going to happen. Well, he's he's my buddy. He's my friend. He's going to present himself to me. My name is Rivers. That's how I want to be known. I'm kind of being a jerk if I won't respect that decision on his part. It's, right. it's his. Maybe he doesn't like the name Brian. That's you know that's his prerogative. If he wants to be called Rivers, he's Rivers. Period. The end. Well, it's a similar thing here. If you have a person in your life who's transgendered, whether they are on hormone therapy or not, whether they have had gender reassignment surgery or not, if they present themselves to you as a certain gender, as a matter of respect, treat them as that gender. Because um, let's let's um, reverse this for a second. You wouldn't like it if you said, "Hey, I'm I'm Bob, and I'm a dude, and I'm pleased to meet you." And some pushback said, "How do you know you're a dude?" Right. I mean, right, right. sure, you you say you are. Right. What evidence do we have? Right. I mean, how do I? I mean, you could drop your drawers, but how do I know that stuff's real? Right. How do I know you haven't had expensive surgery to give you some prosthetics here, right. Bob, if that is your real name? Right. 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 You wouldn't like someone doing that to you, so don't do that to someone else. Instead, if you want to be Christian at a transgender person, just love them. Right. Be a friend to them. You know, Be a person they can hang with, a person who cheers them on in life, who celebrates their victories, who mourns their losses, who's there to be a comfort and an encouragement in their life. That's the maximum strength Christian thing that you can do in their life. Um, if you are that person's pastor, there's some other things we may want to look at, but if you're not, that's your role. Love and encourage, respect and dignity, and you can do that. You don't need any advanced skills. You can do that starting right now today. And I know that the people who listen to this podcast have the heart to yeah. do that and to be that kind of Christian, that kind of example in the lives of all of their friends, including their transgendered friends. Absolutely right, Lee. Well, I, I love the stuff that you've heard so far on this. And the, the last thing that I would say, a, a great piece of advice from my, uh, from, from my pastor, something I've heard him say a lot of times is, when you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. And, um, and I think that falls perfectly in line with what Jed said. But, you know, when I look at this question, there's so much that I don't know about it. And there's so, there's so many things about it that, that I can't give an answer to. I had, um, I had a, a blog reader a couple of years ago write me a question who was transgendered from, um, you know, from, a, from here in the States and just said, you know, I'm really confused. And the people in my life tell me that, you know, that 
I can't know the Lord and he doesn't want anything to do with me because I, you know, this person was, was, uh, was, was born with, uh, anatomical features of, uh, of male and female and was super confused and f- super uh, upset by the way, you know, they were being treated at church and in, at school and everything else. And this, and this person was just saying, the only thing I really know is that when I, when I open up the scriptures and I read about Jesus, I love him. And I believe, I feel like he loves me too. And I mean, you know, and, and, and so, uh, you know, there's so much about this that I don't understand, but one thing that I do understand, and the, the same thing I told this person was what I would tell you, which is Jesus loves you. I mean, Amen. absolutely yeah. loves you. There's a place in the book of Hebrews um, that says that, that we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but we have a high priest who has been tempted in every way. Now, we don't often, I, I think as Christians, it's uncomfortable for us to extrapolate the ramifications of that verse out to us in, in ways that, that, that we don't really understand or ways that we don't face. But there's something in that, that the writer of Hebrews was saying to every single person who's ever struggled with any kind of temptation, no matter how far out you may think it is, that the writer of Hebrews was saying as a way to comfort you, Jesus knows how that feels to be yeah. tempted by that. I would encourage you to open up Hebrews chapter four, look at the very end of that chapter, and just think about that for a minute, that the God of the universe put on skin, walked around, and somehow knows exactly what it feels like to go through and feel, to have desires that you've wrestled with, that he wrestled with those same things. I, the, the idea that God would, would plumb the depths of all of the desires and temptations and everything that we feel. I mean, that, when I think about the love of God going to that extent, it absolutely blows me away. And, and I hope that it feels that way for you too. The, the thing that I can tell you on that is that Jesus is not looking at you, shaking his head, saying, get it together. And what's wrong with you? And there's, you know, there's something, there's something gross about you or anything like that. Jesus understands. Jesus loves you. Jesus's heart is for you. He came for the express purpose of getting everything that stood in between you and him out of the way so that you could be in a relationship with him. He wants to be able to have the last word on, on these things in your life, these things that are so difficult and that you're trying to figure out because he knows exactly what could be the most fulfilling path for you. And, uh, and, and I love that Glenn said that, you know, when in the absence of having specific verses about this, that gives us the opportunity to dive into the personal relationship that you have with him. I mean, that is a beautiful invitation. So um, I would encourage you to, to take comfort um, and take encouragement from the fact that Jesus knows exactly what it feels like to be where you are. As, as wild as that may, you maybe have never thought about that before, but Jesus knows how it feels. And that's a hugely comforting thing. Absolutely. Two things I'm going to tack on the end here. One is uh, for... Uh, following up in Jed's thing of how Christians should react to this kind of stuff. And uh, I want to point out, and this is something we all deal with in our own ministry, and it's important to point out for people who want to love people, want to reach out to people, just because you can't relate to someone's struggle does not make it invalid. Yeah. yeah. Um, we all do work with people going through drug addiction and a lot of kind of stuff we've never dealt with. And uh, it doesn't mean that drug addiction isn't real. <laughs> And it's all in their head or is super wrong. It just means we haven't run into that. Unfortunately, there's a lot of, and it comes up these first two questions in a lot of, especially in a lot of stuff, but especially cultural stuff and maybe sexual stuff in the Christian culture, you get kind of um, 
people who totally grew up and were married and had their kids before internet pornography was a thing, giving a sermon about the evils of internet pornography. You get people who've never struggled with themselves or known or loved someone who struggles with homosexuality, giving, you know, fire about the evils of homosexuality. And the the theological term for that is being a jerk. Yeah. If you don't understand it, as all these guys are saying, just love people, move on. And related to that, I would give a note for people listening to this podcast who may be uh, transgendered or we dealt with sexual sexuality before. And uh, we're the great limit of this podcast is the great limit of all our ministry in, in life is that we're three, uh, we're four 30 uh, year old white guys. Yeah. So that really limits your, uh, thank you for that. By the yes, way. absolutely. Uh, it's, it's the greatest uh, lament of Glenn's wife, Glenn's life that his, uh, his ministry staff is in almost entirely white people. Yeah. It breaks his heart. It limits us. What I'm saying is our worldview is fair is is not necessarily limited but it is ours and we all four kind of share the same one in a lot of ways so if you're listening to this on a situation like this and you hear a word or a phrase or something that hits you wrong and that's not a cool thing to say it's coming from a place of ignorance not a place of malice drop us an email let us know we want to be able to do this stuff better uh for people in the future a lot of times A lot of times you guys educate us on stuff, and that's a very cool aspect of doing a show like this. We're now going to jump to our final question. It also came in an honest Tumblr. It says, as a Christian, how do you love someone you don't like? How do you show love to someone whose personality clashes with yours and you find each other annoying? And if not for the fact that you're both in the family of God, you'd be at each other's throats. Can can anybody on this podcast, can we even relate to this? Do you you guys know how this feels? Is this a... (laughs) I'm just at peace with all mankind, but Jed, go ahead and start us off. Every day. <laughs> every day. Oh, my friend, thank you for this question. I can tell you, you are not alone. Release the rant. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you know what the funny thing is? With our work here in Chicago on the streets, you know, I'd say about 99% of the guys we deal with are the biggest sweethearts in the world. Yeah. I mean, they're just the sweetest, kindest, most lovely people. But one out of 100... Oh man, it's just oh, nails on a chalkboard. Right. I mean, I just we. You uh, know, and a lot of the cast of Christian characters we deal with definitely will try our patience. Oh my goodness! It's kind of the reverse of that ratio. Oh my yeah, yeah it is the reverse yeah. of that ratio. My goodness. Well, here's the thing. This is this is the first thing for you know. It's really important. Is um, I love you know you're being honest saying hey I got people driving me crazy I'm trying to figure out what to do with that um, if you're like in a church situation that's actually true for everybody they're just not being honest about it yeah um, you know th- this whole thing where we pretend in church like everybody loves everybody and it's one big happy family that's just not real man um, it's more like an actual family it's, everybody it's, drives each other nuts sometimes exactly right exactly right um, so uh, you're being honest in a way that everybody else isn't that's why you know uh, if, you know feel like you have to ask this question but But, um, you know, this is normal life, man. People drive each other crazy. There's a few things we want to look at. You know, you asked, how do you love them? Well, love is a choice. It's it's not an emotion. You can choose to be devoted to the good of someone you don't particularly like. Uh, And that's... um, that's what loving people means you know i mean um we've had people you know for example at our service who are that one out of a hundred that just drive me crazy where i've gone way out of my way to hook them up anyway you know uh, you know drive them places they need to be you know get them medicine when they're sick Mm -hmm. that sort of thing because that's what it means to love them and Mm -hmm. the thing is you can do that in your situation you Mm -hmm. can choose to be devoted to that person's good even though they absolutely drive you crazy and to some degree the lord's calling you to do that um, that, that may not be an all-the-time kind of thing, but he is calling you to do that. 
The second part of it isn't so much about love, but it's about keeping the peace. You know, how do yeah. we, you know, just, how do we just not set each other off? I want to read you a verse. I bet you know this one already, but if you don't, it's a good one. And this comes from the book of Romans. This is chapter 12, it's verse 18. And it says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Let me read that again because it's a good verse. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, the thing is, as Christians, we say live at peace with everyone. Okay, that well, sounds good. So I just, you know, you know, try not to set people off and just, you know, be cool. And that's good. But we got to look at the two phrases that come before it. First is, if it is possible. It's not always possible to live right. at peace with everyone. Right. There are some people who are just determined to act the fool. Mm-hmm. They're determined to have conflict. They're determined to set off everyone around them. Um, it, it, most of the time, if you're not in a pastoral role in your church, the best thing you can do is just keep your distance. Right. Um, if, if you've got someone who's determined to act the fool and you're not, you know, again, you know, on staff in a pastoral role, just stay away from them. Um, that's, that's really the best you can hope for. And that's the Christian thing to do, too. Um, the second phrase in there says, as far as it depends on you. You have a role in this, but there's a limit to that role. There, you know, uh, um, in other words, you can decide to be cool towards them, but you can't force them to be cool back towards you. And the Lord gets that. You know, the, the thing that Christians get into a lot is a martyr complex where, yeah. you know, if I'm just if I'm just sweet enough and nice enough, it'll force everyone to behave and there to not be any conflict. It doesn't work that way. No. And that's what Paul is pointing to in this verse is you have a role to play in this, but it's only part of the equation. That other person has a role, too. So, you know, the quick answer to your thing is you can choose to be devoted to their good, even though you don't like them. On some level, the Lord's calling you to do that. If they're stuck on stupid, if they're determined to be uncool about things, just keep your distance um right. you know it may be something where um and this would be something to pray about it may be worth mentioning someone at the church hey um you know i'm kind of keeping my distance from this person because they're just determined to act the fool on stuff i'm just letting you know what the deal is i'm not trying to cast aspersions i'm just i'm just saying uh but you, you've got a good heart we appreciate you asking this question and we've got your back if you want to write us with more specifics about your particular situation love to talk further absolutely lee well i love what jed said on this i agree with it and and I would say this, and because I, you know, as a pastor, I have this unique um, perspective of of being. I, I'm here. I'm here where the Lord has me in this body, and I've been here for well since 1999 with this same group of people, you know. And okay. so, and here's the thing on that, and and I love how Jed said you. I mean, you have to decide. I'm I'm gonna love these people. I mean, and some of them are gonna drive you freaking crazy. Um, yeah. Here's here's a couple of coping mechanisms that I've developed over the years. Number one is find your tribe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Find the people who don't drive you crazy, who build you up, who make you laugh, who. Uh, who are who who make you feel encouraged who see the 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 cool things in you and uh, all that kind of stuff who are just a great hang who don't rub you the wrong way that kind of stuff and hang out with those people and and get built up um, and, and understand that what Jed's talking about when he says you know decide that you're gonna love these people de- decide to be devoted to their good that is a service part of ministry it yes, really sir. is. I mean, that, that one one of the things that's so cool about um, one of the things that's so cool about my relationship with Christy is that she she and I are both we're we're both the kind of people that we we get fueled up for the things that we've got to do by being alone. 
we, we that's that's how we like gas up for the stuff that we've that we've actually got to pull off. So we help each other figure that out. So you know, she makes sure that I get some time to be by myself and and get fueled up for the people that I've got to go be with who, you know, with those, a lot of times those situations are going to be really draining. And so understand that when I'm going out to love these people who are driving me crazy, that is going to be a drain. It's going to be a sacrifice. It's going to be difficult. And I am absolutely called to do it. Now, here's the deal about that is that after 15 years of doing that, I can tell you that I do have more affection for some of those people. It, it, it has happened. I mean, now, do they drive me crazy? Oh my gosh, yes. But like, I, I actually do, I actually do feel more affection. You know, the the, the scriptures talk about, you know, uh, make it your effort to add to your faith goodness, and to your goodness patience, and to your patience um, godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. And this is something that happens over time when you are devoted to just walking with God and doing the things that He's asking you to do. And if you're taking care of yourself, so you've got your tribe, you've got your people, your friends who build you up and you know how to take care of yourself and have that balanced life. I mean, I I just got back from having a retreat with a bunch of high school folks. It was a great weekend. We had a lot of fun, but I didn't have a moment to myself for 72 hours. So when I got home, I looked at the two guys that I work with and I said, today I'm going to watch Godzilla. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Amen. And so that's, that's being Christian that's, right here's there. Here's what I need to do. If I'm going to be able to be a minister for the rest of this week, what I need to do is have more popcorn than a human should eat in one sitting, and I need a yep. giant lightning-breathing lizard keeping other giant bugs from having sex. That's the movie that, exactly I, that's what right. I, that needs to happen right now. Lee, I need to know that you ministered to yourself with pretzel bites. <laughs> I need to know that that happened because that's scriptural. It was the snow caps, man. It's the it's the okay. yeah. And so that that's the whole deal is that you got you got to have a when we talked about this maybe way on the early episodes of this podcast. If you go back in the don't go listen to those. in the back catalog. That idea. Well, we talked a lot about when you're in ministry, making sure that you have a balanced life so that you're taking care of yourself so that you can do the things yeah. that you need to do. And seeing this as seeing the the people that drive you crazy and deciding to love them that's part of my ministry but i'm going to make sure that i got my friends that i got cool people to hang out with i got stuff that builds me back up understanding my personality getting myself ready to do the things god's calling me to do and i promise you over time if you are stuck with those same people for a long time you will develop not only that love for them but that mutual affection for them it's a great word glenn yeah I, you know, the thing with being in ministry and experiencing these things, I think we have a little bit of a different perspective. And I'll tell you why, because there, there are times when I am, I am put off by someone's behavior because they're doing something evil and wrong and just bad. That's one thing. There's lots of times where I'm irritated by somebody, which I think is more of what you're talking about. And you know what? I have, over the years, I've learned when I'm irritated, I maybe I need to be praying that up a little bit because that can often be an area where the devil is trying to mess with me yeah. and get me to be irritated with someone who's already irritating and keep me from helping this person. So that's kind of part of what Jed was talking about earlier. There, there are people that drive us nuts that we go the extra mile to help because 
there's a little bit of, hey, I don't like the idea of the enemy just tweaking me out and pushing my buttons and I'm not going to help this person. Yeah. You know, it's almost like we're we're helping at them. <laughs> you know, I am going to fix your situation. Oh, you're going to get help. Oh, you're yeah. You know, um, a part of that, though, I think is uh, that that your your underlying problem here is denial and, and denial is what is going to mess with you every time. The stuff you sweep under the rug is what the devil uses to mess with you. You don't put anything under that rug. It's going to be a whole lot harder for him to do something to mess with you. Uh, if you are honest with people about your interactions with them, uh, these things go a whole lot different. Now, the the thing is, being honest, you're afraid, well, if I'm honest with somebody, that'll be a horrible, ugly confrontation. Well, you know, the thing about that is, is it may be horrible and, and, and awful. Why? Because you put it off for so long and now it's all built up. But if you get into the habit of just being honest with people in the moment, it goes totally different. Super quick story to illustrate my point. Um, I'm going to lunch with a guy. I won't mention the denomination, though I really, really want to. <laughs> I, I, there, I'm going to a guy from a certain uh, mainline denomination who's a very big figure in that mainline denomination. And this denomination is known for being cheap. <laughs> They're known for not getting money together when they need to, and um, and particularly with inner city ministry and that kind of stuff. And it's a weakness they have, and and they need to fix it. And it drives me nuts. And every time I'm around them, I, you know, and I talk bad about them behind their back. I say these guys are cheap. They got they got to get it together with the money and all that. Okay, so I'm with this guy from this denomination. I'm introducing him to a friend of mine, so that he can maybe talk this friend of mine into doing ministry with him in this cheap denomination. Now, as I'm, you know, we're in a restaurant where we're getting all this together. I turned and it's sort of like you, you guys have all experienced this when you go to a restaurant with your friends or whatever. It's like, Oh, who's going to pay now? Yeah. And in my mind, there's a very clear, it cannot be missed. Who's going to pay moment here. Sure. And who's, who's this? And, so my response was I turned to to um, this uh, denominational uh, uh, person, and I won't mention his name either, bless his heart, and I said, um, hey, buddy, why don't you get out your wallet and let the bats fly out? <laughs> now, <laughs> this, is a, this is a thing. He knows I'm right. Yeah. He, he, he can be mad about it. Maybe he should be mad about sure. it. But you know what? I'm right, and you know you deserve to hear it, and you know – that everyone's thinking it and yeah. you know what I mean? It's better that that's out. He could be a little frustrated at that and maybe he needs to, in order to get over that, he could return fire at me, which by the way, I ought to be willing to take. And sure. if he turns around and says, yeah, well, what about you wearing flip flops to this meeting? Yeah. You, you make an excellent point. <laughs> I, I, I'm not inclined to change that, but yeah, you know, You're you know, right. I can, I can admit to my stuff. Now we're getting along. I mean, I can love, I, there are lots of people that I love to death that I can't stand to be around for very long, but I tell them, I'll say, you know, uh, you whatever know it is. You crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uncle Charlie, you know, you can't, you, every time I'm around you, you do that. You know, you drive me crazy with that. Why would you do that? You know, I love you. You know, I'm trying to get along with you. You know, we're all trying to live and have a society here. You drive us all nuts. <laughs> Everybody talks bad about you behind your back, except for me. I'm the only one being honest with you and straight with you. I'm your last possible friend on planet Earth. Just relent, <laughs> would you please? You know, it's hard to be mad back that at that nice guy. You know? That is Glenn being nice. Yeah. yeah. 
so um, uh, the the point where we need to land on is that the love part of this comes from God. That this isn't part of our uh, personalities, and it's it, it's not subject to those kind of things. I have love for people in my heart that God just puts on my heart, gives me a burden for people that drive me nuts. Uh, if you feel like you're lacking in that love department, uh, go to that. Go to the Lord and say, Lord, give me a love for this person. Uh, yeah. Again, I think that may push you to be a little more honest and push you towards a little bit more transparency in the process. But I think that ultimately, if you do that lovingly, can really help. That's an absolutely great point. One very quick thing I'll add on the end of this. Sometimes the most loving thing is to say to yourself, if I'm in with this room with this person for one minute, I'm going to choke them. So yeah. I'm going to take a step out. Yeah. That counts. That's love. That's a good place to start. All right. If you have a question for us, you can email us to say that podcast at gmail.com or you can write us to our Tumblr inbox, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. Remember, missionusa.com slash bridgebox, missionusa.com slash BBLY. For the, you can sign up for the Lee one this month and get the free T-shirt. Lots of cool music. Lots of good stuff going over there. Email me for the super secret link to get both of them. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. I forgot to come up with a tagline. <laughs> <laughs>